We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Every guy looks better and feels more comfortable when he puts on a suit. There's one problem. Guys keep buying generic off-the-rack suits. That's why Blue Wire is pumped to partner with Indochino for an amazing deal on a new suit. Indochino is the world's leading made-to-measure menswear company. They make suits and shirts to your exact measurements for an unparalleled fit and comfort. Looking to get married? Actually, our producer, Brian, is getting married. And they have a ton of options for those looking to outfit their wedding party. I will absolutely be there, as I'm the best man. And it's so easy to get started. Visit a stylist at one of Indochino's 40 showrooms in North America and have them take your measurements personally or measure yourself at home and shop online at Indochino.com. This week, Miami Heat Beat listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just 369 nice at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping's free. And that's always a plus. So that's Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE for any premium suit that's just $369 and free shipping. This is an incredible deal for a premium made-to-measure suit. Once you go custom, you don't go back. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Carlo Navas, and with me today is producer and co-founder, Mr. Brian Goins. Hello. Sorry for being late. Brian is late. Brian promised us five to ten minutes, and that became 20 minutes. I made shit uh, scampy, and it took too long. <laughs> he also with me today is our Saucy Nuggets insider, Mr. Lefty Leaf. Yo, I am so happy there's no three-game West Coast trip this week. So happy. Oh, my God. This is rough staying up late. Uh, uh, Leif, tell people. I know you changed your at recently. Tell people where to find you, because I know that maybe some people might be confused. Maybe they look for Lefty Leif and they can't find it. 
Yeah. So lefty left lefty underscore life is still secure as a as a locked account, so no one can impersonate me. But no, you can find me at, at Greg Sylvander, which is my government name: G R E G S Y L V A N D E R. There you have it, folks. Follow the he beat Shams on the Dion suspension story by a couple seconds. Never forget. Uh, also, who with us, who did he beat? Shams. I think it's Shams. Is it Shams? Like Shamwell? Shams. I think it's Shams. They say Shams when on the athletic pods. When I listen to the Daily Ding, they say Shams. I stand with Dave Dufour. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> Touche. Uh, whatever Dave says, I listen. Uh, also with us today, that laugh you hear is uh, Nikaias Duncan, our statistician and pun master. Hello. The word of the day is consolidation. We'll talk about it. Oh, I'm excited for that. Uh, there's tons to get to. The Heat go... One and two on their West Coast trip, being the uh, mighty, mighty Phoenix Suns and losing to the uh, Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, I don't want to go through the entire road trip game by game because we all kind of know how that went. But I do want to get into kind of how we feel about this team ten ga- like nine games in, right? So they're going to play their 10th game tomorrow uh, against Detroit. And they have a relatively softish schedule coming up. Uh, that road trip was pretty brutal. All three of those teams right now are in the playoffs, right? And um, and uh, there was a back-to-back, you know, Phoenix, which was a physical game. The starters played, even though the Heat were leading double digits almost the whole way, the starters pretty much played up until the final buzzer. Uh, and then, you know, you get the Lakers' uh, third games, four nights, second night of a back-to-back, uh, and they kind of, kind of lost steam in the second half. You totally expect that uh, out of a group in those situations. Uh, but I thought they played well considering. They're... F- Fourth in the East above Philadelphia right now. Uh, their defense is really good. I think we still have questions about the offense. Um, we were talking, Leif, Nikias, and I before the show, like, what are the things that we actually know, right? So I think we know that Jimmy Butler's good. <laughs> Fair, gentlemen? Yeah, I think he's uh, quite good at the basketball, yes. We think he's quite good at the basketball. Uh, we think that Goran is good in this role. Like, we, we like the role that Goran's in. Uh, it's about time. Cost. Right, yeah. Uh, Bam has taken a step, and I think we're all comfortable that this step has been taken. It's not going to regress. A step, a leap, a, a leap. He's taking a, a leap. Are we calling it a leap or a Nikias, leap or step? Uh, I would call it a leap until he starts making more threes. That's it's a step. I think it's a leap because the free throws, the free throws is a lot, man. Like the free, the getting to the line. He keeps the way he missing does. free, like two free throws every like four times he's at the free throw line, and that's Nikias, making They the obviously upset. have not read your latest column um, <laughs> that highlights the players that are averaging what he's averaging in the short list that is. Uh yeah. So fourteen nine four. Excuse me. Third <laughs> twelve nine four one and one. It's Bam. It's Giannis. And it is Carl Pascal? Anthony Towns. Okay, that was close. <laughs> Which is, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of it. That is quite elite company. Um, I mean, I've harped on this a lot on this show, but like the free throw job, he's taking like five more free throws than he was last year. That's freaking ridiculous, right? And I know we're nine games in, and it's not a big sample. Uh, by the way, he's played all nine games this season. He played all eighty-two games last season. So like, this is a guy that's really durable. Um. He's starting every game. Like I'm Brian, I know that you want to say step. I'm I'm comfortable saying leap. You're the same guy that thought he wasn't even good. I didn't say that he wasn't good. He said that he was the guy that I would most likely want to include for a trade over Justice Winslow. And I think uh Leif, I, I don't know if, if I talked to you about this, but I know that Nikaias and I talked about this. He's the second best player on the team, right? Like I know that earlier we were probably saying justice, but it's clearly Bam, right? Absolutely. I mean, I think 
just the impact defensively and all around, you know, you got a big man who can get five assists a game that's becoming transcended as a passer, as a big, and he's 22 years old. And um, so, I mean, they've always thought of him as the guy who had the highest ceiling out of all of these um, young guys that they had when it was Josh and it was Justice and Bam. Bam's always been the guy that they thought could be, you know, kind of in a, in a whole nother class. And I don't know that he'll ever get there, but he definitely, I think, safely is the second best player on the team. Although, you know, Goran Dragic may have something to say about that, the way he's played the last uh, week and a half or so. So, Nikias, we were talking before and we were pulling up some numbers. Goran is in the 94th percentile in isolation, which is like, it was good. Small sample size. He's six for nine. Uh, so, small sample. Nice. nice yeah, thank nice. you. Nice. I was waiting for that. <laughs> uh, so, but I mean, he's been really great in this role and they're playing like, I, I know that it's been rough for him defensively, but I think that they have enough good defenders around him to kind of mask it and i don't they're not really like getting killed like when he's uh you know i i love him in that role uh i'm still a little worried about him defensively he looks worse and he but yeah he's probably, getting older <laughs> yeah i mean he shouldn't look markedly worse considering he's playing against more second units was kind of my thing but like yeah he's been great he has really developed um, his shot off the dribble which has kind of been in the works for the last couple of years uh, but now he's knocking down step backs fluidly. He's hit a couple of deep ones in the last week. Uh, the closeout quarters, I think both closed out the third quarters, if I remember correctly. But um, yeah, the fact that he's shooting off the dribble now has kind of opened him up more in pick and roll, and he's having an easier time getting to the rim, and he's finishing a little bit better. We saw some slippage last year, but more of a space floor. Um, he's getting better looks. He's converting them. He looks good. He looks spry. So I have a question. So to to your point when Dragic is on the floor the heat have a defense of 106 uh defensive rating when he's off the floor the defensive rating is 90 <laughs> that is a 15 point difference uh the offense <laughs> is at 107 when he's on and uh 101 when he's off uh, so, so he's a net negative that's cool so the question is going to become at some point is he valuable enough to the team as presently constructed to hold on to him and not utilize his $20 million expiring contract to either move off of a salary or make a move to get even better. Um, you know, I think we kind of all went into this. I at least assumed Dragic as most likely to be dealt, but it's weird when he's assuming kind of this role offensively. Um, but then you look at a number like that and it makes me hesitate. I think that part of that is small sample. Like, I don't think that the defense is going to be like that crazy great every time he sits. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's little funky numbers. Uh, and I think that Houston, like, because it's only been nine games and that Houston game was such an aberration of just destruction that I think that tilts all the numbers. Like, their defensive rating, their offensive, like, everything was kind of like, I almost wish I could, like, remove the Houston game from that. Yeah, move to Houston, remove the Denver game too while you're at it. <laughs> I, I guess yeah it kind of evens out but i i think that'll kind of bear out a little bit um the thing and justice being out kind of forces them to use goran a little more because they're kind of like out of ball handler which i think that by the way I, that's kind of like something that's not really talked about in that road trip that i know they won in phoenix without him but i really think he would have helped in the la game uh bam by the way at 22 years old is guarding Anthony Davis and LeBron like in the same game, which is like pretty insane and like doing like not a bad job at it. He's so yeah. good. Like this is an all defensive type year for him. 
Do you think he's going to get it? Because, like, I don't know. You know how, like, I think it's really tough when you're a big because there's so much competition. If the, the Heat are top four, if the Heat are top four in the East, he'll get it. You're right. Exactly. Brian you don't think that it. they'll give it to, like, an all star guy? Like, I think Dre's probably, like, not going to win it, like, get that spot this year. But, like, I don't I know. think it's going to be equal parts, like, national media outside of low leading to know who he is, for one. The second thing is what they're going to list him as on the ballot, which we're looking far down the line here. But they list him as a Ford since he's um been pl- technically been the Ford alongside Myers Leonard. Uh, I think help. that gets a little easier for him since there are like four forward spots available between the two teams versus two centers. So that could help some. It's it's going to be a lot. But if he keeps it, he's probably going to get it. Like yeah. I think I, think I have to admire our podcast for going through all defensive team selections. Ten games, nine games nine into the games season. Nine games in, baby. That hey, is getting play, ahead of ourselves in great fashion. I said he's gonna play all eighty-two. Uh, so I asked Nikias for a number. We've been a little stat heavy early. We're gonna we're gonna get to the fun. It's just you know we're we're trying to we're trying to get a sense of who the hell this team is. We're nine games in. They're fourth in the East. We're feeling pretty good about them. There's some stuff I'm a little concerned about. Some stuff I'm really optimistic about. Yeah, we Just got like six guys on the injury report as of today. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's a lot going on right now. There's, a, there's some sort of edible scandal going on. There's a guy that could cause that's important. It's not edible scandal. It's gummies. It's a gummy scandal. Aren't gummies edibles? I can confirm. Okay, thank you. Um <laughs> There's a lot, you know, this team, there's a lot going on, and uh, they played Detroit. Blake Griffin's probably going to be back, and um, he might not play because it's a back to back. (laughs) Yes, it doesn't matter. We have enough. There you go. Oh, um, I I was asking Dakaias for this number load management, guys. We're talking about we're talking about Bam and how good he's been defensively, and I've been wondering because I I think Justice the offense has been a little shaky. I think the three point shooting has. It, it, like it looks a little off the numbers yeah. would show that he he looks confidently like confident offensively like going to the basket and stuff but the, the shot's not there and it's a little concerning at times um but i, I asked nikaias for the numbers of when winslow and bam are on the court together versus when they're not and when bam and winslow are on the court they have a defensive rating of 92 and when winslow's off and bam's on they have a defensive rating of 103 so like that's insane. Like those two guys being the cornerstone of your defense with Jimmy Butler there as well. That's like, that's so enormous. And I think that one of the things we do know is that their defense is good. And they're like the way that they, the way that they play, the way that they fight across screens. I like that they're switching a lot more this season mm-hmm. uh, than last. I, I feel like that's interesting. Do you think that's a product of like Jimmy being here or the fact that Hassan's not here? Oh. Uh, yeah, I would say it's that and also not having Gorn in your starting lineup. <laughs> That's true. That helps justice. Justice makes that a lot more seamless. Yeah, you can. I mean, you can do a lot more of that stuff. And I think they're still uh, they're still trying not to switch like the one through five, the one five pick and roll stuff. So like you have Kendrick Nunn kind of sliding through screens and you have Bam dropping and kind of blow things up. Well, not even Bam. It'd be Myers Leonard dropping drops a little too far, but that's a whole nother thing. Isn't that called but, a hedge, uh, Nikias? You said what? Is that a hedge? According no, to the 2K, hedge would be if, if Myers Leonard steps up at the level yeah. of the screen. Uh, okay. That would be, yeah. So yeah, any, you any show on the pick and roll, Brian. There you go. Terminology. <laughs> but yeah, like one through four, they're doing a lot of switching. I think it's a little surprising, but it's been fine. I guess you kind of you kind of knew going into the year that Miami's going to be a good defense, especially once you take Gorn out of the starting lineup. But I, um, 
I feel that kind of helps. Like, so the Heat are really good at forcing turnovers. They're second in the league at forcing opponent turnovers. And I think that the switching kind of helps for that because it kind of, you add a little bit of that chaotic element of bodies moving like laterally and to you. And Jimmy's so good with his hands and Justice is so smart. And like they have, and, and Bam is long. And they have so many guys that are, are and Tyler has like surprisingly quick hands. He does have quick hands. Everything else we'll see, but it does. How how have you felt? Okay, let's get into this. How have you felt, Leif? You too. Like, how have you felt about Tyler defensively? Because I've been like a little back and forth. I think he's been better than I thought, but at times I'm like, um, me personally, I think it's tied to his offense. He's one of those players that when he's playing well offensively, he gets a little bit of fire defensively. He gets lost a little bit too because um of celebrating and kind of getting in the moment. But so I'm not so concerned. Um. I obviously see that there's going to be moments he's picked on. And I think we've identified that from the beginning, but, uh, but from I mean, the, yo, from you got a rookie getting pick. 14 a game. There was a time where like when Karan Butler got 14 a game, he was like third in rookie of the year voting. And I don't even feel like hero is necessarily um, having a rookie of the year type season. And he's still getting, you know, what 13, 14 a game. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's, that's a product of just scoring being up, but there's a lot to look at and be positive. Um, he hasn't been as big of an issue defensively as I thought he would be, Like he's been fine, mostly positionally uh, struggles, tracking over screen sometimes uh, struggles with penetration against quicker guards. Both of those things are things that we kind of knew coming in. Like the Houston game got pretty ugly for him. But um, as far as uh, doing what you're supposed to do or knowing where you're supposed to be, it's been fine. And like when we saw in the Phoenix game once, uh, when he's dialed in and Miami's kind of dialing up those traps and stuff too, you can see him flash those hands a little bit, um, those back-to-back turnovers for Devin Booker towards the end of that Suns game where they were showing Hago Bam. I think that was, you know, hero at his best, really kind of getting into the dribble there and Bam closing the deal. So, like, Tyler hasn't been awful, so that's good. It hasn't been awful since yeah. that. That's it's good. like the more that we're ahead, it's almost like a front-running defensive specialist. Like, he's a better <laughs> defender on the bigger run that we're on and the more that we're ahead. He needs the swag. It's like Duncan he Robinson, needs- but on offense. <laughs> dude, Duncan's been good. Okay, let's – dude, I've been so surprised. I'm like, damn. I, I made fun of him last season. I was like, why is this guy, like, in Dwayne's last game in Brooklyn, like, Duncan's playing all the minutes? And I was like, why? What is going on? Like, is he part of their future? And he comes into camp kind of buff. And I was like, okay, Duncan, I see you. I was like, look at you. You play well in Summer League. And this guy has been holding his own defensively. He's shooting lights out. He's been awesome. He could, like, actually, like, dribble, like, off a closeout, which I'm like, whoa, look at this. He had dunk, sneaky athletic. <laughs> Duncan is third on the team in blocks per game, so that's fun. Come on, wow. like that, dude. E- yeah, think- everyone, everyone in the organization considers him the best three point shooter in the building, bar none. Yeah, I mean, who who the hell else would be? Like, he's so good. I mean, I guess maybe Tyler, but Duncan's a lo- lot more positive shooter. They, I've been so surprised. Like, I don't know, I, I don't know when everyone gets healthy if you can sit him. I think what he adds is valuable to a team that I think has questionable offense at times, and I do think that what he provides is good, and I don't think he hurts you defensively that that much. How do you feel about him starting, though? Uh, I mean, I've been, like, big on, like, not starting none and starting, although he's kind of proven me wrong in that because I, I did think he'd be more of a defensive liability, and the shooting I didn't expect from none. Uh, but I kind of wanted them to start, like, 
Justice, Jimmy, and then plus Wing who could shoot and like not get killed on defense. So I don't know. I- I'm still a uh, TBH. TBD. Not TBD. TBD. Yeah, TBD. To be honest, TBD. To be honest, <laughs> to be determined on how I feel about that. I think, do you guys, do, would you guys want that over none? I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, see, this is why I feel like the Heat kind of need to consolidate a little bit and get a wing in there. Ooh, because I day? do think, in theory, Duncan fits, but then you're looking at Goran and also Nunn and also Hero on the bench unit. And not only is that incredibly small, that's not very good either because your best defender out of the three is probably none. And Oops. Um, teams are starting to use his aggressiveness against him a little bit because he likes to jump screens and that kind of leaves you susceptible to back cuts. And that isn't great when your rim protector on the bench is going to be Kelly Olenek or, you know, if he's playing with the starters and Bama's elsewhere, then you're looking at Myers Leonard. So um, I think Miami needs another wing. Like if you're going to start Duncan Robinson, that's fine, but they're going to have to do something on the bench to get another wing in there. Like ideally that would be, uh, well, for me anyway, you package Dion with like a Derrick Jones Jr. And you try to find a, a wing that maybe isn't great, but kind of fits a little bit better. Uh, try to pry a Trevor Ariza, someone like that. Ooh, I like what you're thinking. A middling salary that can kind of fill that role for you. But uh, Dion has things going on. Um, Derrick Jones Jr. isn't the healthiest um, person in the bunch right now either. So I'm not exactly sure where the heat go right now. And obviously, most contracts don't get freed up for trades until like December 15th anyway. So there's time to kind of look around and see what you can see if you can mix and match. Some dude was on Twitter saying like, this is the longest the league has gone without a trade since like, I don't know, like two decades or something. I was like, well, yeah, like half the league is ineligible to be <laughs> traded. Like it was so Some much. Dude. Yeah. I think it was Bobby Marks, man. Was it? I don't, I didn't remember who it was. <laughs> but you know how many tweets I see a day? Like, I can't remember what everyone's saying. How about Jay Crowder? He fits. Yeah, I'm thinking more Andre Iguodala, guys. Think high. Don't you think he's bound to go to a Western Conference team? It makes way more sense to him to go to the Mavs. I like him on the Mavs. I'm, I'm stealing. Zach I mean, Lowe's that's just yeah. The Mavs are a wing short, but Zach Lowe was saying like Iggy to the Mavs, and I was like, damn, that makes so much sense. You're so right. Uh, going for Iggy would be fun. I would just throw that out there. But like, there's. I mean, Memphis doesn't have any reason to do that since they already have a bunch of point guards. But I don't know. really want Iggy because, like, I think he's a suspect shooter, and I don't really want an- another suspect shooter. They have too many of them. I mean, if you trust that Justice is going to bounce back, and I think he will once he... So, hold on, wait a second. You're going to have to trust that Justice bounce back. You're going to have to trust that Kelly bounces back. You're going to have to trust that Kendrickson shooting is legit. You're going to have to trust... You know, That's a lot of things to trust. Okay, we have, uh, if you want to go back to college, like Kendrick Nunn was one of the most prolific shooters in college basketball, and he did a lot of that stuff off the bounce. I think that's fine. Justice has shot 38% from three over the last two years. Uh, Kelly Olenek is, what, a 35 36% three-point shooter. I think that's mostly going to be fine, especially with the quality of looks that he's getting. The only person you're really worried about is Iggy. Yeah. So, within that context, I don't think that would be that big of a deal. I just think that when you have an offense that, like, they're kind of middle of the pack offensively, and I think that that's what they're going to be, you know. I think that adding a non-plus shooter is probably, like, not the best idea. What about Doug McDermott? No, thank you. Yeah. Are you hearing things, Leif? This is a bargain that there is. What what a resounding... 
this is like, this is what they're in. from you guys on that guy. And they're hard caps, so like they can't even like be players in the buyout market where like they have historically been really good. Like they've always found guys in the buyout market that like want to come here and like I mean, who doesn't want to come from Miami for a couple months in a playoff run? Like they'll have on. a vet man after January. I mean, well, they, but they can, won't have they won't be able to use their middle exception, which they they still have, but they can't use it all these because yeah, they're hard caps. So yeah, after January, right. they're hard cap. Like they can give they can give out a mid level. It's they can they can yeah, give out a mid not a mid level. They can give out a, a veteran minimum yeah, contract. A minimum. I'm sorry, a minimum. So yeah. let me ask you. Let me ask season. you this, and I'm sorry for putting you on the spot, Brian. So I read, I either heard or read today that um, Dion, because he is suspended for ten games, which we're mm-hmm. about to get into. Yep. Uh, he is not eligible for a playing bonus, which is like 1.2 million. Is yeah. that does that count against the hard cap, or that's just something separate? No, he should save money overall on what they okay. have to pay Dion, but uh, it does not lower their their hard obligation cap. towards the hard cap and also the luxury tax. They're currently four million over luxury tax. Yeah, who cares about that? I care about. And that the hard cap. cap is five million over. So basically, you're like, you're right there. You're like a million, um, just below the hard cap. And although it doesn't have cap ramifications, trust me, the organization is happy to save every dollar when they're over the luxury tax. Yeah. I mean, trust basically, me. this suspension is saving he $800,000 on just the, what he has, to, what they have to pay him for his contract because he's suspended without pay. And then the $1.2 million in the signing bonus. That's $2 million they're saving. Listen, nobody was happier at that Andy Slater tweet than Mickey Harrison. He's like, ooh, we saved money. No, I'm kidding. Um. The so Dion uh, Andy Slater reports that uh, there was some sort of a medical incident on the plane going from Phoenix to. Well, he reported that he LA. had a overdose and a seizure. It felt a little. It felt a little reckless, Andy. Andy yeah, Slater was, out it here. It was a little reckless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy uh, Slater. Woj, I think Woj and Windhorse re- co-reported, um, <laughs> confirming half of the story. But yeah, it was just Dion. Had a panic attack, bro. You go from an Andy Slater report to Woj and Horse. It's just like whoa, that escalated quickly. Because like that probably never gets talked about if Andy Slater doesn't report it, right? Because Andy Slater reports that right with such like aggressive details, and then Woj comes starts snooping around, and then they're like, "All right, we're gonna give you the real stuff because this whole OD thing is irresponsible." Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, but yeah, it was an ETD gummy. I don't know what ETD stands for, but. Where's Alf? Or where's Alex? <laughs> it's wow. uh, it's weed, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Humans have been shaving for thousands of years. And the secret to a great shave? It hasn't really changed much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters. Sharp, durable blades at a fair price. And I love Harry's because it gives me a close shave, easy glide for a low price. Do us a favor and check out harrys.com slash bluewire for your free trial today. And Harry's is a return to the essential. Quality great blades at a really fair price. It's just $2 per blade, guys. It's the most convenient thing you can ever ask for. The blades refills are super, super easy and they're delivered directly to your door on your schedule and you don't need a subscription. And there's no risk for you to try them out. If you don't like it, you can just return them and you'll get a refund. Listeners of my show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. 
you'll get a weighted aromatic handle for firm grip you get a five blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go go to harrys.com bluewire to start shaving better today Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves by saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry honey, Kyle Lowry just didn't have a good game today, I'm not really feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about, with a real doctor who can prescribe you real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, often the comfort and privacy of your own home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and most importantly, discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to roman.com slash bluewire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be a tough thing to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a real doctor to take care of it. Just get to roman.com slash bluewire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com slash bluewire for a free visit to get started. Getroman.com slash bluewire. The main thing to know is that this is not the first incident reported or not reported. The Heat are done with him. He's had his lowest trade value so that they're essentially in a spot where they can't move him. They can't cut him. They don't want him around the team. So, I mean, this is just, it's become about as ugly as they could have anticipated it. And it's just, it's one of those contracts that you just, you scratch your head every time you think back to that summer with the ankle and the surgery and just everything that went around it. Uh, it has been a complete mess. We all make mistakes, baby. To Leif's point, uh, he, even if they really wanted to, they couldn't even wave him right now. So no, to, no more, no more stretching. One, you know, the only way they could even do it is they have to agree to a buyout. I don't think Dion's ready to do that right now. I don't think Dion's ready to get back money. Listen, Dion will take a check and stay home. I mean, the Knicks, they got to want him, right? We can like, <laughs> we got to get somebody from the Knicks. Like, honestly, I, gotta, I have to be frank. Like, okay, like the story's funny. Like, let's like let's let's call a spade a spade. The story's funny. Dion had a I mean, it's not funny that he had a panic attack. That's not funny, obviously. That's horrible. If you've ever had a panic attack, it's something that you never want. Okay. People in my family have panic attacks. And it's honestly like, even for me, the non-panic attacker, it's like a horrible situation to watch someone go through that. It's it's awful. Moving on from that, the fact that a guy, the most Probably the, mo- the, the the player that fans look at as the most irresponsible one on the team is the one that this happens to on a plane in which there was a stop in Denver on the road trip. It's a little humor in that. And then apparently there was a report that a teammate gave it to him and Dion won't snitch as to who it was, which is also a great element yeah, to this. Yeah, Shams reported that. That, Shams, that yeah. was actually reported by Shams. Shams could have basically tweeted, I ain't no snitch. And then like, Dash Dion Waiters, right? Who does Shams have to ask for that to be confirmed? I don't know, man. Who, man? Like, and I was, I is was that talking an to agent those... saying that. That has to be the agent, right? That probably yes. is the agent. Absolutely, that's the agent putting blame on someone. Oh yeah, Who's this agent is like a narrative-based story that's been made up, and um, how noble of him to not, you know, tell any, you know, anyone who it is. 
Is it because he's scared of him? Like, is it Udonis? Like, I'd be scared of Udonis. I'd be scared yeah. of James Johnson, I mean, too. If it's UD or JJ, you ain't saying shit because no. you're going to get that ass whooped. So, <laughs> so those two we're going to remove from the possibilities. <laughs> like, like, honestly, like, and honestly, like, D, I don't think UD uses gummies, right? Like, UD is an old school guy. Like, UD is like not with this whole millennial fandangled, you know, edible cookie brown. UD is old school. UD is not doing that. I don't think it's UD. I have a person it, in mind. Yo, let's blame Hassan. <laughs> I was thinking I was thinking out of the box. No, Brian honestly, is, Brian <laughs> I think it's Tyler Johnson, guys. Revenge for trading him for Phoenix. <laughs> well, let's put let's put it together. So it happened between the trip from Phoenix to Los Angeles, that plane ride. Who was the last team that he played? The Phoenix Suns. Who's on the Phoenix Suns? Tyler Johnson. A Q X Files music. What if it was James Jones? <laughs> oh, uh, light years! Crack the Jones case. Light years ahead. Breaking news. The, the oh, heat, he's doing probably the, favors you love to see. The Heat really needs salary relief and JJ <laughs> being a Heat lifer. Hey, they helped out with Tyler. You, you, you Can they help out with Dion? Pat and that's James Jones a, toasted that's such to a that. move. <laughs> that's a trade deadline to move. To some, uh, to some, uh, to some we give wine. DJJ back to the Suns with Dion. The Heat and the Suns we're, trade we're, a lot. Yeah, they're I know. Always, I was just gonna say that they're they're always making trades with them. He's probably like, listen, if you do this for me, one day I'll send you two first round picks for a player that doesn't want to be there anymore. <laughs> Quite so, the transaction, I'll say. That that is that is the move. I don't know, guys. Like, I think I think the move with Dion is to try to get him back to play. Like, I yeah. don't think Dion's a bad player. You guys don't think Dion's a bad player, like. I just Dion's, don't know how he's gonna get playing time. That's, that's the, the thing. This rotation is weird because they have too many. Like, I think even at the forward spot, like we've talked about this a bit, well, like they have too actually, many. Actually, he could have had playing time if he, if he was playing on a team, if he wasn't spent at the beginning of the season, because obviously Jimmy Butler was out for those first few games. So he yeah. could have probably. And now with Justice, I mean, he, we, there definitely could be spot minutes for him, but he just, I don't think he's willing to accept that. In Charlotte, when I was there in the preseason, he like straight up was not having it. Nikias mm-hmm. was there too. I mean, he, yeah. he shot that down faster than anything. So Detroit I think he was making it abundantly clear. So like, I'm thinking like Detroit needs a guard who can handle, like they don't want him. I mean, for what at this point, that's the thing. Like Thon I guess maker and um, Langston Galloway. I think Ooh. the thing with Dion that makes it weird is that <laughs> his contract ends exactly when you want it to end when you Uh-oh. want cap space. So yeah. it's like, do I really want to take any lo- longer term money just to get him out of the building? Which I'm like not a fan of, right? Like at that point, I'm just like, okay, you pay him and he just stays home, whatever. Like, what can you do? Like, I wouldn't give up flexibility. Like, I don't think it's about these two years. And it's kind of late why like you're like saying like maybe make a trade or something. I would kind of be careful because I would not sacrifice their flexibility in 2021 for anything because I don't think they're championship good. Like, unless they show you something, like, from now until February that you're just like, wow. Like, if Justice starts, like, hitting, like, a bunch of threes and you're, like, you're just like, this guy's really good and Jimmy Butler finds his offense and he's having a career year. And you have, like, all these – and Kendrick Nunn finds his, like, first week of the season self for, like, a sustained period of time. And you're just like, oh, man, they could make a finals appearance. Then we start talking about it. But, like, if they're just kind of what they are now, 
I, I just don't think you really touch them. Like you just kind of leave them and you kind of ride this out. Unless something really good becomes available, you just you, you kind of ride it out. Cause like, right, so who's contact. this really good player that you think might become available? Who, me? I'm just like speculating. You no, I'm, I'm not talking about all you guys. Like who, who do you think the Heat might try to target? But the, I, like, I, I, I don't want to do this show. Is, but, but like I don't, I don't want to do the trade show. The dream is to be honest like, in 2021 free agency. That's I think it's going to happen sooner than that. I think it's it's going to be a trade. I mean, even before I pivot to that, like if we think about what to do with Dion, does it make sense at all to look at when your contracts, the expirings are lining up for 2021 and packaging an expiring Myers Leonard? I know he has a prominent role currently, but could you take his 11 million with Dion's 11 million and get a 20? million dollar player 22 million dollar player that expires that year in so you're trying to reverse engineer what they did with hassan where they split hassan's contract into two smaller Kinda. contracts now you're trying to send two bigger contracts into once two smaller contracts into a bigger contracts. just in an effort to not compromise 2021 but get you know dion off the team and maybe upgrade at that four spot does next it sound to like Bam marvin williams i don't know uh, um but you know essentially it, it's tough to find a deal that really works marvin I mean, we've talked about that. The money doesn't work perfectly. I think a third team would have to get involved there with the hard cap stuff. Oh, God, so much third team stuff. All right, so I don't want to do a trade show because we've done a lot of trade shows and we're, we're living in the moment, people. I do want to talk about the defense uh, because that's their best, that's their best attribute. And I, I kind of, I'm kind of curious as to what you guys think about this because I was kind of looking at some, some numbers and we've watched film and stuff. The Heat are first an opponent three-point percentage defense. They allow like 28% shooting from three. The only issue is that the Heat are 28th in opponent three-point attempts. So they allow a lot of three-point attempts. What are the most in the league? They're fourth highest. Um, And they allow the 14th most points in the paint, which is middle of the pack. And I think we know the Heat defense is good, but some of those numbers seem weird. Yeah, I would... Imagine that the three-point shooting is probably going to regress a little bit to the mean. Well, then what does that mean for their defense? Uh, I mean, that would make it slightly worse if teams actually start hitting their shots. But I do think the Heat are mostly doing a good job of, like, allowing bad shooters to take shots. And that's kind of been the hallmark of, like, the Brad Stevens Celtics to where they even if they allow threes, like, they got the people they want taking the threes to take the threes. Milwaukee, so I don't think that's as big of an issue. Um and if anything, like Miami's kind of been dialing up those wing traps. Um, we saw that in the Houston game. We saw that in the Phoenix game some, too. If anything, if they want to cut down on how many threes they're giving up, they could probably dial, dial that down a little bit and just go back to more of their drop scheme and kind of trust that their guards can fight over. So I think there are quick fixes to that if teams do start getting back to their um, – getting back to, like, league average shooting from three. So I'm not worried about the defense that much at all. Okay, I'm, you know what? Honestly, like you talked me off the ledge a little bit because I was I was telling Leif that, and Leif, Leif and I were kind of like making faces at that, and we're like, uh, it's not it's a little little, little concerned, a little little concerning. No, well, you just you expect those numbers to obviously regress in certain aspects, and it can be troubling when you think about the combination of the two regressing. But, um, <laughs> you know, like Justice hasn't played too, and you referenced that number early on, and we've gone too damn stats heavy. Can you imagine when Alf hears this podcast, he's gonna, gonna roll over no, his grave, fun, dude? We had we had snitch talk, but, we but had- no, but for real, Bam and Justice have been has been really really impressive to watch, and I think just seeing Jimmy integrated with that and any of these other guys that are kind of maybe defending a little uh, better than we expected. Um, so let's see that for a little bit. Like let's get ten games of Justice 
um, before we make firm declarations on which way this is going defensively. I think it's kind of weird. Like we're basically about a shade under an eighth into the season. And it's like, you're trying to have these conversations about who they are and what they can be. And they've kind of been weirdly injured because Jimmy missed the first couple games. Now justice has missed a couple games. Like Bam has been the only guy that's been like consistently there. Right. That you've had none already have a couple up and down, you know, games, you know, hero has been pretty solid. Kelly has been kind of like, kind of looks like he's working himself back in. So it's, it's been a bit of a weird start. They've been new and they've been fun. And like, those are the two things that I think heat fans wanted. They wanted a new roster. They wanted new faces. They wanted a new mix of players. They got that. There's been fun moments, obviously three losses. I mean, six and three, I actually feel really good, especially with this stretch of the schedule. Like that's the thing looking forward these next six games or so, this is where we kind of truthfully find out what kind of team we're looking at. Is this a 50 win team or a 44 win team? It's when you capitalize on these stretches, when you have winnable games, uh, mainly at home. Um, so, you know, you expect to lose in Denver and the Lakers game is going to be tough, especially no justice, but this homestand and, and the games following after it, the next six, seven games, um, they tell us a lot more, I think, in terms of like the trajectory of how good they can really be. So let's run this through. They have Detroit, they have Cleveland, they have New Orleans, they have Cleveland again, they have Chicago, and then they have Philadelphia. And they're at Philadelphia. That's uh, on the 23rd of this month. Back-to-back or no? That is, uh, that is a back-to-back. Second Give me all the Jimmy in that game. Friday, <laughs> Saturday, back-to-back. Man, why is, it, why is the NBA schedule doing that? Oh, my God. At least they have the Bulls the night before. They suck. Um, <laughs> Bulls actually have hey, been man. sneaky good this Kobe year. Kobe White. The Bulls have not been sneaky good. The Bulls have been like... The, the Bulls have been kind of a miss. They've been, yeah, they're 3-7. and seven. They're a disaster. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what he's sneaky, sneaky good to who? Sneaky good lottery team. Lost to the Knicks. But uh, you list those (laughs) six teams, and like that's that sounds like five bad defenses. Yeah. I would kind of work, I would kind of pencil the Chicago game because while they're a bad defense, they do turn people over because they're, um, they're blitzing. They're they're basically playing like the Heat 2012. They're blitzing every pick and roll imaginable. Except without LeBron. Yeah. So you will already mark it. That's when we're going to test and see. Like, <laughs> Hold the on, wait, well, let's, let's deconstruct that. Whatever. <laughs> you're like, they're playing like the Heat in 2012. They're doing this. And you're totally right. Except they're doing it with Laurie fucking marketed. Yeah. I mean, they're first in the league in opponent turnovers. So uh, I know. Yeah. The Heat are second. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're turning teams over. It's just, you know, once the pass, if the pass gets made, they are bleeding points from everywhere. So that's why I'm saying Gorn's had like I feel like this is the best passing stretch of Gorn's career. And I no, think absolutely. He's even attempting pocket passes. I'm so proud of him. He's been throwing pocket passes. He's been throwing nice lobs to Bam. There was this ridiculous corner pass to Tyler Hero in the right corner against the Suns. I want to say yes that he thread the needle on. Yeah, yeah, he he's been he's been doing a darn thing. Remember how much he used to struggle throwing lobs to Hassan, and we used to always say, "Oh, Gorn is more of a bounce passer. He's not a <laughs> yes. lob thrower." And now, like you see, Bam, he's skying through the air and he's hitting him with a pinpoint pass. Leif, Gorn and Hassan just never mixed. Lord Leif, do you remember when we were we were analyzing if Gorn was throwing bounce passes too low for Hassan? 
<laughs> yes. Those are shows that we did. We're like, Those were no. dark days. Yeah. How did we make it through that? Like that's how know. a successful podcast happens. Uh, if you can call us that is that we, we went through the Hassan Gore and bounce pass days. Like, Hey, is, this, is that pass too close to his ankle? Maybe that's why like, cause we're like looking at the numbers, like they don't play well together. Is it cause Gore is passing the ball too low and Hassan's too tall. And then we're like, Oh, see, look, Dwayne, Dwayne throws it up. That's how that's, that was. <laughs> Man, those are the days. Oh man, I'm, I'm glad Gorn is actually attempting semi-difficult passes now. Me I'm very too. proud of him. I, I am too. He's like, just as like as a guy, you just root for him. He's such a nice man. Like you talk to him, he's so nice, and he plays hard, and you love that. And what was he doing? He was jawing at the at the Phoenix bench the other day, or he was just like making faces. It was great. He was hitting threes. He looked like he was having fun. I love Bam and Justice or Bam and Jimmy's passing is contagious. It's good. They're like they're zipping the ball around all over the place. They're a high turnover team, but I think that that's partly because they pass the ball a lot. Although they've been getting that down, I think the last two games have been under fifteen, mm-hmm. uh, which is really positive. Um, so, quick question for y'all: uh, Who is the rank the best three passes on the team right now? Jimmy, Oof. Justice, Bam. Okay, I think in that order. Life, what would you say? Um, definitely Bam and Jimmy. Wow. Um, are you go? Are you thinking Kelly versus Justice? Yeah, that's where yeah. you got me. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I'll say Justice because I mean, how the hell are we going to have our starting point guard not be one of the top <laughs> no, three Leif. passers on the team? Like that's a major issue that I think we need to have a whole nother show on if that's the case. <laughs> and the fact that I'm even having that internal dialogue maybe says something about that. But he started out a little rough. I'm backtracking. But, yeah, I would say justice. But Kelly is – in the right situations, I think Kelly makes really smart reads, and it's kind of like the hockey assist deal. Can I say Kelly. I think Kelly is a better standstill passer. Like when they're stationary, Kelly's a better passer. But justice can pass off the dribble. He can make quick decisions that I don't think Kelly makes as quickly when he's on the move. Yes. Amen. What do you got, guys? I'm asking y'all because I genuinely don't know. Like this is. Just are are you asking this because are you, are you debating whether or not like Justice should defer to Jimmy and let him be the point forward on the team? Oh no! Like I'm because I've seen like really good passing flashes from all of them, so I'm really just trying to okay. get a list going. Like this is just a random thought for me. He's outsourcing his yeah. call. I mean, when you see Justice get a full head of steam and make some of those wraparound passes to the edges, like it's hard for me to not put him in the top three. Um, it's just. There's moments there where things get a little clumsy um, and discombobulated, and some, you know, that just gets a little worrisome. He's like, you know, I think when you have a smart athlete, you associate them with being incredibly coordinated. And I think maybe Justice is a rare case where you have a really brilliant athlete who's maybe not the most coordinated. It's a weird intersection, so it looks odd. And I think that. That might be why people have issue with his game because I think if he was a little more coordinated, I don't think people would think like these things about him. Like I don't think people would call him Bustus and all these things. Like I don't know. It, it, how do you feel about my working theory? Like he does have like a an awkward cadence to him. I also yeah, think that's what makes him. Off. Yeah, I feel like that's what makes him effective, especially as a passer, because like he can get downhill so quickly. And then once he hits the intermediate area, there's a lot of shifting of speeds, and then he's up in the air, and then you think you have him pinned, and then he's flinging a bullet behind him somehow. And it's, it's just really a, strong too. Yeah, it's a weird ordeal with justice. 
I mean, Goran's getting five assists a game. Are we like completely forgetting him? He's not. No, dude. He just start, he just started I'd, accepting pocket I need passes. To see more from baby Goran. steps. Baby yeah. steps. Is it Justice averaging was, like eight assists? I think Justice is like right around five, but obviously he hasn't played much. Like you were reading his his averages for the season, and it was like ridiculous. He's averaging fourteen points. Um, he's averaging fourteen points, eight rebounds, five assists. Twenty five percent three point shooting. Bang bang, dead eye. Thirty nine percent from the field, fifty nine percent from the line. Please improve. The free throw <laughs> shooting is what scares me. Seriously though, like that kind of stuff. I, I I've been really um kind of giving justice a pass. The preseason, I was it was a little concerning, and I kind of shirked it off. Like whatever, it's kind of started out this way, but now we have the concussion and some of the lower back stuff, and and integrating with Jimmy. But I mean, there's gonna come a point where we're gonna have to have a conversation about is he too hot and cold? Because when he's hot, I mean, you know, all I can you know think about is all the times Nikias was drilling home point guard, point guard, head of the snake, head of the snake, mm-hmm. and then you see these you know these stretches too that get a little weird. If Justice scores, I immediately have the Justice Better song like playing in my head and I'm dancing. <laughs> Nikias told him, told him, told him, told him. It's true. My- but uh, my- yeah, I actually haven't minded his floor game much this year. Like he's obviously trying more of the intermediate stuff. He's trying those floaters and stuff. So that's kind of tanked his field goal percentage. I'm fine with him taking those within the floor of the offense, and he has been. I would be more concerned with his shot selection if they were forced, and I don't think that's really been the case. You obviously need to see him get down, go down, because if they don't, then he needs to adjust how he plays. And that's going to be an adjustment on top of learning how to play with Jimmy, on top of learning how to play with Bam, who has higher usage. So that's going to be a lot. So it's definitely important for him to pick that up soon. But uh, as far as the way Justice has played, I, I really haven't had much of an issue with him, so I'm not too worried. He does need to work out the form stuff. He looks like he's got some inconsistent mechanics going on. Like he's trying to quicken his release. He look, looks like he's trying to work through that. We just got to see more. How much do you think he's a ceiling raiser for them? Because, and I I heard Zach Lowe talk about this, about DeMar DeRozan uh, last Mm -hmm. week with Chris Herring. And he said that DeMar is not a ceiling raiser, but he's a floor raiser, right? So when you have DeMar on your team, you're not going to be, you're not going to be a bad NBA team, but he doesn't necessarily raise your ceiling. And -hmm. I was kind of thinking about that in terms of justice, because I I don't think he's a floor raiser because he's not like a a hub or anything. But I kind of looked at him as if he plays to the ability that we think he's capable of, I really do think that that raises their ceiling in a significant way because of the position he's playing, because of what he can do defensively, because of who's in the East, Mm -hmm. especially a guy like Ben Simmons, who's going to also be playing point guard, who he'd be able to defend. uh, and, And just if he plays to the best of his abilities, as we think he can, like I think this team has a shot of winning a second round series. Like, I deadass think that. Like, yeah, if he's on, he's... I think they can do it. Yeah, like, I think he's definitely a sealer. He just unlocks so much of what the Heat wants to do on both ends of the floor. Like, he allowed, especially with Hassan gone, now you have Bam at, the, Bam at the five in their best lineups anyway. Like, it allows them to play small without being small. Um, if they do want to go big, Justice is a guy that can still hang on the perimeter against smaller guards. He can knock down shots if you have Jimmy playing more on the ball. Like, Justice can unlock so much for the Heat, and that's why it's really imperative for him to start knocking down shots. But, um, yeah, those, I mean, that's really – In those hmm? small lineups like that you just referenced, like who do you want at power forward? Because 
the Kelly Bam stuff hasn't really worked out this season. They're they're minus together on the court, and I'm kind of wondering like when they do want to go small against like good teams, and maybe not Philly because they're just like enormous, but you know pretty much everybody else in the league. Like, what do you? It's like Boston, do? for instance. That'd be Boston, good, Toronto, uh, Milwaukee. I think that you can probably play similar small lineups against them. Well, Boston think- against Milwaukee, they were playing with Kelly and Bam together mm-hmm. towards the end of that game. And that worked out pretty well, actually. Well, they're they're bad this year. But that worked out that game at least. Oh, Giannis also <laughs> fouled out. I think ideally, if you're gonna go small, you would probably want JJ at the four, but it would have to be like the one night per week that he has a three point shot going. <laughs> kind of make that work. But I think gotta, ideally, gotta save you're it. At like like Bam, JJ, Justice, Jimmy, and then Kendrick Nunn if he has the shot going. Tyler Hero if he has the shot going. Um, Duncan Robinson, if he's blocking shots, which has been a thing this year, which is weird. But uh, I love it. I was just going to say, I think Duncan Robinson's an underrated option. If they really need to go super small if a team sizes down on them. In I a, like in, what you're in thinking, Leif. I like, like you it. Get Duncan, Jimmy, Justice. Um, I feel like you have enough um, people that just get disrupted. If Kendrick Nunn is another guy that's in that you can kind of maybe hide it, hide Duncan Robinson up there for a little bit and just be a floor spacer, kind of like what they did with Luke Babbitt a little bit. Ah! Um, oh, Babbitt can have it. Missed yeah. that guy. What? what a time, man. The Luke Babbitt era. We made it through that era, too. Oh, yes. my God. So many bad Luke Babbitt jokes. <laughs> come out the other side, guys. We come out. They have they're 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 fourth in the East. They're good. We're talking about winning a second round playoff series. Yo, it was so fun watching Jimmy like go crazy in that half in Phoenix. It's like oh, so. This is what it feels like to have one of these guys that can just not be stopped for periods of time. And I know Dwayne did that here and there. I was, gonna, I was like, it's whoa. A diff- <laughs> well, no, no, no. But it was in it was in smaller spurts, and we knew it was coming to an end. Whereas this is like the beginning of the journey with Jimmy. So. I don't know. This week, even though there was, you know, a win sandwiched by two losses, it, it was fun to watch him do his you know, thing. I went to the Heat Hawks game uh, with with our own Christian Hernandez, statistician and Photoshopper, and it was Jimmy's first game of the regular season. And there was just a play where he's just he just gets the ball in the wing, and he's kind of just staring down the defender, and he just goes, "Ah, I'm going to the rim." And he goes to the rim and he gets fouled. And I was like, "Wow." They have a guy that can do that. <laughs> like, holy crap. It's been so long. We made it out. We did it, guys. He gets to the free throw line whatever he wants. Gee, wait wait till we see that against the Pelicans next week. Oh, yeah. Or this, this Saturday. Find us there. Tweet us. Say hi. Brian and I are going to be there. Yeah. Best man thing. <laughs> I love how Do you Brian... not want to do this? Huh? Why are you so upset? That's just a weird, it was a weird factoid to throw in. <laughs> Who cares? Huh? Who cares? Say hi to us. Come say hi to us and Alex Toledo, Alf954. Yeah, we'll probably we'll see Alf. Well, maybe Ethan's there. Check out uh Nikias and Leif's work at Five Reason Sports. Five Reasonsports.com. Check out Brian's future work at Five Reason Sports. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, my laptop's gonna die in eleven percent. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.